As you, uh, as you make your way, just want to comment how, uh, you know, what um, wonderful to have all the, the people on the, the stage today and uh, just to learn how we can learn from uh, one another. But a special shout out, you know, to, to Chris who comes off the injured reserve and plays uh, uh, even with a broken ankle. And for Cedric, who can do anything and everything, he just sort of utility infielder, just moves to wherever. But uh, um, as Addie and Robin shared, Robin shared a wonderful intro for the ten of you that were here at 11.15. Just want you to, uh, to, to know that. And uh, sorry you missed it, and she can't tell you um, what she said from now on. Um, but... Uh, um, how th- th- today, as we um, connect with God in confession, this is one, it may um, catch you by surprise, but this is one that I'm just so excited about because this is what, you know, whenever you come up and you, you, you preach, you just know there's some people that are going to connect and some people that aren't. You know, there's messages that are going to apply to some people, but rarely does the message apply to everyone because when it comes to confession, if you're a breathing human being, then it applies to you because you have ways, we have ways that we have not walked into the per- perfect love that God has for us. And so it doesn't matter our age, doesn't matter our economic background, our race, our country of origin. This connecting to God through confession has direct application in each of our lives, and that we all can learn how to apologize to God. And there's even a side benefit, um, that, that as we learn to apologize to God, that we can learn to apologize to one another. And so through our, our time this morning, that you'll get a nice, simple, six-step apology process. How to apologize um, to God, and also can apply it in our own lives in terms of with one another as well. And I make uh, you know uh, I stole these six steps um, from uh, um, uh, uh, transformational leadership. Um, and so, if you ever have the opportunity to participate in one of those um, day long or couple day um, events, they're they're excellent, and this applies perfectly to connecting with God in confession. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Dear gracious God, we thank you for your written word and we ask now that your spirit will help us to hear from you, to, to learn from you, that you will uh, set, help us to set aside the distractions that can overtake us or the ways that we can deflect um, your good and perfect light as it shines into our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, our first passage is in the, the letters of John, the first letter of John, starting in chapter 1, starting with verse 5. It's found on page 989 on your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. This is the word of the Lord. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we are walking in darkness, we lie 
and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. Two things from this passage that are absolute truths. Two things that are clearly presented that are true throughout time in our earthly existence. And one, the first one is that all people sin. That everybody falls short. That that there is no one who lives perfectly in relationship with the Father in um, human standing except for Jesus who was the perfect Um, human, who showed us the way of living um, humanly perfectly. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. So all people sin. And the other absolute truth from this is that God forgives. That's exactly what John is trying to present to us from the beginning. That if we say we're without sin, we're a liar. We make God a liar. We've somehow deceived ourselves if we say that we are living perfectly in relationship with the Father. But in the middle of saying that, he says, but if we confess our sins, when we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will cleanse us from our sins. That we are cleansed in the the blood of Jesus Christ. That He has secured our forgiveness. So we just have to be clear and open and honest with one another. The the first step here is just to be sure we're blatantly honest with ourselves and with one another that we sin and that God forgives. And just to remind you, we talked about this a little bit last week from Luke chapter 15, where there was some stories that Jesus told, actually three stories that He told right next to each other that, that... demonstrate just how much our repentance, our confession, brings joy to the Father. When, when we are honest, we are blatantly honest with God. The one thing you've got to notice, you know, we're not, you're not telling God something God doesn't already know. To confess is to agree with God what He already knows. And when we do, when we agree with God, that brings joy to the Father. Luke 15, is those three stories, there's a story of a woman who lost a coin, a story of a shepherd who lost a sheep, and a father who lost a son. And when the coin was found, when the sheep was rescued, when the son returned, each time, the shepherd, the woman, the father, in each of those cases, though they represented God, they responded by throwing a party. That when we confess to God, God rejoices. He he throws a party. He runs to us in celebration. He doesn't forgive like I forgive, reluctantly or impatiently. He forgives joyously. And it's really important that we recognize that truth. That is foundational because then that sets the, the scene for us so that we know we can come to God openly and honestly and there we will receive of His abounding love, of His steadfast love. 
Another passage to, to look at, just, again, just to, to help us be reminded of God's um, love for us, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's found on page uh, 940 in your, in your pew Bible. We'll start with verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know Him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. I mean, that's, that's a total renewal kind of passage there that when we are in Christ we're a new creation we are made new that is what Christ has accomplished for me and for you so we we come in confession saying to God yeah I'm I'm still living in the old way instead of the new way that you have for me all right verse uh, 18 all this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. The whole word reconcile, that means we were enemies, we were apart, we were broken. But in Christ, what Christ has accomplished is brought us together with God so that we can connect with God in real ways. And it totally, Christ has totally taken care of our trespasses, of our sins. He has washed us clean, totally obliterated those before God. So it's not that in confession somehow we earn God's forgiveness. And God's forgiveness has already been accomplished. It already belongs to us because of what Christ has done. We're just living into the reality and the fullness of that forgiveness. All right, verse 20. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making His appeal through us, We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Now that's another point there. Just a little sideline point here, but a really important one. So that we're not not then forgiven. We're not granted this this new creation so that then we can sort of sit back and take the, the lazy river. You know, through life. It's, it's not, as I've said a number of times, it's not fire insurance. It's not just to get your ticket punched for heaven. That this is a new way of life that we're living into as we're walking with God. That then we're, we're then entrusted uh, as we've received that grace and love from God, that, that forgiveness for our own brokenness. Now we become ambassadors. We carry that message to others. But that's a whole other sermon series. I just want you to know it's not just so then we can take the lazy river. But that, that we then are brought into the family business. And, and carrying this message of reconciliation to the world. Numbers 21. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin. So Jesus Christ was the human who lived fully as, fully as a human, but lived perfectly in relationship to the Father. He knew no sin. He acted in every action 
in perfect accordance with the Father. So he did not deserve judgment on sin. He who knew no sin then became sin. But he took that judgment on himself. Totally innocent, but then choosing to receive that judgment so that we wouldn't have to. So that, the last part of the verse, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What Jesus deserved, we received. What we deserved, Jesus received. I mean, it is the, the, the grand swap that now we are to live into the fullness of the righteousness of God. And we have been given that righteousness by Jesus. And when we confess, and we connect with God in our confession, what we're saying is we know that we are in Christ. And we know your Spirit leads us to righteousness. And we know there are ways, specific ways, that we have not lived in to the righteousness that you have for us. To the fullness of life that you have for us. It's significant. Most important, we understand the very nature of God and the work that God has done for us in Christ on the cross to make us clean, to secure our forgiveness. Because we have the wrong idea of God that somehow, you know, we've got to make it right. Somehow it's up to us to do it. Then we end up going all kinds of cattywampus ways. Depending on ourselves instead of depending on Christ. That's a theological term, cattywampus, by the way. And then we miss. We miss the blessing, the transformation, the joy, and the relief of confession. So knowing that, knowing that that's true, knowing that's the nature of God and what God has done for us to secure our forgiveness, then what we have to do is die to self and be blatantly honest with ourself and with God. Because, like I said, we're, we're not telling God something that God doesn't already know. But we are wonderful at being able to deny, distract, deflect, our own sin. To lie to ourselves even, as John said. Or especially to, to blame others. You know, a great way of distracting from our own blatantly honest relationship with God is to try to blame others. And when we do that, we don't get it. When we do that, then we miss the party. We miss the joy. We miss the blessing that God has for us as we come and agree with Him in the specifics of our own fallenness. Where He wants to meet us there and continue to deepen within us that awareness, that knowledge in our soul of His love and forgiveness. Now, um, those six steps of... uh, of apology, those six steps of confession to God um, are uh, 
Um, very, very important. I want to give you the first three here because they relate to this, being blatantly honest. The first one is, and again, at the end of the day, um, I'll, uh, I'll give you all six. Uh, but now just listen. If you want to jot them down, feel free. But the first, first one is I did it. Now you gotta, you got to own. Now this is what I did. And what I did, number two, is to say, and I was wrong. Huh? Just say, this is what I did, and what I did was wrong. That's number two. And then number three is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did that, God. I'm, I'm sorry that that's how I responded. So I did it, I was wrong, and I'm sorry. No, no avoiding, uh, no hemming and hawing, no bringing others into the equation, you know, if, ands, or buts, but just saying, no, blatantly honest, this is what I did, it was wrong, and I'm sorry. You know, uh, went last week to the uh, Covenant of Evangelical Presbyterian Conference with uh, eight other folks um, from here. Our denomination met down in Dallas. Um, wonderful uh, three days and um, some really good stuff. But um, I'm in the back of my mind during this. I'm preparing for you know this sermon also, just uh, continuing to listen. And and wouldn't you know it? God gives me a wonderful opportunity to share with you of my own confession. This is always happens. And in that confession that is, um, he continues to show. As a matter of fact, I think I've shared this with you before a couple times, which maybe will give you relief to say, well, good, it's not like you just confess once, and then if you confess twice, well, then God does get a little impatient. And when you confess the third time, well, God gets really a little ticked off. Uh, you know, I haven't found that to be the case. But when, when you, whenever it's dangerous, it's dangerous for me to go to church conferences. Because what that reveals is ugly. In me. Because jealousy. When, when I hear of stories of other people's success, and within me comes a sense of Envy. Or when I even secretly relish someone else you know, falling. Isn't that pathetic? You can even laugh. It's sort of funny. It's so pathetic. Because what it's about is my own personal ambition. It is the, the ways that I'm pursuing Drew's world instead of the kingdom of God. And it's so funny, sometimes you be in a setting when people are talking, a, a seminar or something like that, and I'll even say, oh, I could have done that better. And in that case, as I'm walking through, thinking about this, you know, I can't run or hide. Darn it, and it's y'all's fault. Yeah, go back to number one. Thank you, sister. It's a good sign of why we also need one another. Say, I did it. I was wrong. And I'm sorry. I I don't want to. I want that to be the case. But that's what it takes to then have a party. To receive that forgiveness. To then turn and laugh. And to be able to tell 350 of my closest friends. The evil within me is only because there was a party. 
Because the, the one that matters the most is the one who's already said, I love you, you're forgiven. You see how this has great implication in our own lives, at work, with bosses, co-workers, um, with employees, and our families, spouses, parents, children, neighbors. As we take responsibility for our own sin before God. And not try to dish it out somehow to somewhere else, but just take responsibility for ourselves. So I did it, I was wrong, and I'm sorry. And then they really get good. Fourth one, fourth one is a question, will you forgive me? Now with God, that's a fun one to get to that one. Because we know with God that God promises to forgive. He tells us in His Word what He's done on the cross, secures that, and we know that's when the party begins. And we say, will you forgive me? Now, if we apply this to, uh, um, in our human interaction, uh, we may have to say, will you forgive me? Or, will you let me know when you're ready to forgive me? Sin. It's really good. Number five. This, this is how you know the confession and the, the apology is true. Um, will you help me change? Uh, so, to God, I, God, will you continue to, to help me change? The power of your Spirit within me to live into the fullness of the righteousness of Christ. Will you help me change? Now, when you do that with one another, boy, that's really getting serious. And then the last one, that's the kicker. Is there anything else? You know, is there anything else we need to talk about? That I've missed on. You got something? Something else to tell me? Well, you'll have to get in line with a whole bunch of other people. But what we've learned, what I've learned through um, these uh, six steps of apology with God is that when we confess and we connect to God in the blatant honesty of our own confession, that there is where joy in the party resides. Because the other options are that I try to then say to make myself better. You know, I beat myself up. And I say, oh, I'm such a bad person, such a dummy, and I, I should never be a pastor. I don't know why in the world. You might say, well, that's a good question to ask but on something else. But, you know, if it's about me, but if when I see my sin, that becomes a trigger to run to Jesus, then it's a gift. It becomes another reason to throw a party as we live into the fullness of God's steadfast love and the work of God in Christ on the cross. Now, um, I want to ask the ushers to go ahead and distribute um, the handouts for this week because we get to have a party this week. We, we get to, to go um, to the party. We get to experience God's, God's greatest work on the cross in, in, in Jesus as we connect with God through um, confession. At the top of our handout, and you can go ahead and put the six steps up too. Thanks. Um, as we um, 
go to this week, or had it this, during this series, is that we take a moment in the morning and a moment in the evening, a moment of morning uh, in the morning to ask God, to request of God, to, to be with God. And then we, in the evening we take time to then reflect over the day, and, and to journal, to write down our reflections. And even if you want to post something on social media, you've got a hashtag there, and you've got uh, the Facebook page of the church to do that as well. To just, what are you um, learning? How are you uh, connecting with God to reflect on that? Just over the course of each day, we go through that. So the morning we meet with God, request um, unto God, and then the evening we reflect and see how did God um, engage with us during the course of the day. And, um, and also this week as well, I've got a couple passages as you read through those. Take one a day or so and just read through those and engage with those that, so that you're saturated with God's Word that we know is true. And our um, opening psalm there, Psalm 139, 23, 24, to read each day is, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Now, so what, what a privilege it is every day to say, God, you know me better than I know myself. Show me the ways that are wicked. Show me the ways that lead to destruction. Show me the ways that I'm buying into my own selfishness or the lies of the world or the temptations of the devil himself. Lead me into the way that is everlasting. And then, request. This is sort of a two requirement. Two-point request here. Both God shows us our own brokenness and we confess to God and then we also ask God, help me know that I'm forgiven. Help me uh, know that that forgiveness, not just in our head, but in our soul. That we move that 18 inches from here to here in knowing that we are forgiven. And, and to do that every... You don't have to wait till the evening to confess. You know, go through the six steps whenever it pops up before you with God. And know that that's an opportunity of celebrating God's forgiveness with you. Um, I was, um, it was Thomas Keating, who's the spiritual director, um, who was um, meeting with some folks and, and talking to them about you know, spending time with God and, and, and being attentive to God's presence in our lives. And, and uh, one of the people that was with him was saying, you know, you don't understand. I am distracted all the time. I mean, I can sit for 20 minutes and I think I'm distracted a thousand times in that 20 minutes. And Dr. Keating turned to her and said, oh, that's glorious. That means you get a thousand times to go turn back and run to Jesus and celebrate once anew His grace and forgiveness. You know, when it's about us, we beat ourselves up. When it's about Jesus, we run to Him in the party and receive His forgiveness, even if it's a thousand times within 20 minutes. This, this week, let us... Connect with God in a blatant honesty of confession and receive from Him anew every time His steadfast love, His amazing grace, and His magnanimous forgiveness. Amen.